At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, hey, you know, this is what I think. Uh, top five talented teams in the NFL. They're like 10 top five talented teams in the NFL. Oh, like your look at you. Thing. You plagiarized I've learned the game. I've learned the game. I've learned the game. Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? Yes, that was Ahmed Farid. He is learning the game. And look who's in the stadium. Look at that. Got a great shot, Central Park, NBC, for the first time. I'm jealous. I was there this morning, and you're in our normal spot, and you look nice yeah. and cozy, and it looks great, and there's no people in the building, which is also weird about being there. We're like two ships passing in the night. They they really uh, do not recommend that we talk to each other, converse. This is the only way that we can uh, we can say hey to each other. It is so weird being in here right now because you're right. It is completely empty. I'm like a crazy person yelling into this giant room with nobody in it. But, hey, good news. I've got our friends here with me for the first time since we left. Look at that. Oh, hey there, guys. What's up, man? Hey, one of you doesn't belong as far as on the football field. Hey, that guy in the gray suit with the red jersey. Yeah, you don't belong with Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) You're the executive. You're the agent. You're the agent overseeing your talents. I'll take that. I'd take 3% from those guys any day they want. (laughs) You just let me know. So we're kind of getting here. I'm here, though, Chris, because uh, uh, I live in Connecticut, not too far from you. And uh, it's a it's a disaster. We have no power. I have no hopes of getting power, honestly, for like a week here. Uh, we, we're on well, so we, we have like no water either. And so I had to bring myself back into into NBC and then I had to wear my wet mask when I did it. And so it's just like, what is going on with this year? This is the weirdest thing that I've ever had to deal with. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's fair to say 2020 has not been the greatest year I've ever seen through the first seven months. I, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying that. I've seen yeah. better. I've had better. I know that. Um, and, and it is. We, we got lucky here where I am in Connecticut. Trees down everywhere. It looks yeah. like a bomb went off in my yard, but somehow we survived and I have power and everything. We are going to have Big Phil here later on. And he is like you, no power. Mm. I don't think he's going to have power until Sunday or Monday, they told him. And my dad is the type of human being that is always hot. And he can't be in a house that's like mm. below, that's over 65 degrees. I mean, he's annoying <laughs> that way. That's and not I happening. bet you he's struggling. We'll have to hit that with him when he gets on. 
So he'll join us in about 15 minutes from now. Uh, we will talk some football. Um, we've got uh, a, a lot of things that your dad wanted to talk about that I think are good. They're like big topics. Some of them are current events, but some of them are over overarching from uh, the past a couple of weeks here. We've got right. some reaction to the uh, top five talented rosters that we came out with. You did not get a whole lot of hate from uh, the homies. There were a I lot saw of times, that. There were a lot of times where people thought I was smoking something or did not follow football at all. And so those were the, that was the major well, hate towards me. Let me defend you because I yes. saw some of that hate, okay? I did. And especially, you know, with your Chargers pick, as putting them yeah. as a top five roster. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to defend you there and go, I don't think it's as crazy as the reaction you got you know, from Twitter. And again, you know, everybody, we're such prisoners of the moment. And I fall into this trap too, definitely. I mean, but we forget that they were 12 and four two years ago. I mean, there's some pieces there to like, certainly. And, you know, you talk about D-line, secondary, you know, wide receivers and tight end, okay, with a pretty good running back. I mean, listen, I, I didn't put them in my top five, but they were on the short list of, as you said, to be funny, one of those 10 teams that you could put in the top five rosters in football. Well, that's what I kept doing. I kept going to the position groups and I'm like, well, the, there's the chargers in the, in the top half, you know, top 10. And they're like, Oh, here they are in the top 10 again. And if you do that enough right. times, you know, like not every team is in the, in the top 10 of all those position groups. And so thank you for de- defending me. If you want to go back on Twitter and just r- write a couple of those people and tell them your thoughts, I wouldn't mind that uh, either. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I was, uh, so wait, but you have them kind of overall. I think you and Mike, I was seeing today in the twenties, right? For the Chargers, that's so not that me. Just... Let's don't oh, okay. don't put me in okay. them. Sorry, but but <laughs> he he does. You know, I yeah. think you know, listen. I, I we're hitting. Yeah, like you said, I didn't mean to cut you off there. We're hitting kind of the 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 you know each team. He's got them power ranked. We're giving a little breakdown on the show of what the team right. is, what we might expect. I think he's got both L.A. teams a little too low for, for my money. You know, I think the Rams are too low, and I do think the Chargers are too low. Um, hey, the quarterback question's a real thing, certainly. But I just think, you know, again, they were very close to being a playoff-type team last year. Phillip Rivers just yeah. had some bad moments. That's all there is to really say about it. Uh, so I think between that, some of the improvements they made in the offseason, Derwin James being back healthy – hopefully a healthy Hunter Henry, you know, adding a Chris Harris Jr., you know, Jerry Tillery, their first round pick from the 2019 draft, him being in the second year, the addition of Linville Joseph and Trey Turner and Ryan Balaga on the offensive line. I thought they had a good offseason, and I would not be shocked. I mean, they are one of those teams that, yeah, I mean, you talk about there's three or four teams every year that weren't in the playoffs last year that now are in it. I mean, they would be prime candidates for me to go, yeah. oh, let me find a team that wasn't in last year that might be in this year. Oh, the Los Angeles Chargers certainly certainly fit that bill. You wonder about quarterback. That's the only thing perhaps holding them back. It's it's why a lot of people thought that they, you know, they got a roster complete to, to make that run, like you said. And so you need that star quarterback, maybe a Cam Newton. Didn't go that direction, although I do like Tyrod Taylor a lot from covering him yeah. in his high school days as well. Uh, another quarterback out there. Let's just go through some of the more reactions to the to the top five talented rosters here. Another quarterback that we're looking for a big year from your your high on is Josh Allen. This one comes from uh, Dias Summers. 
that says, where would the Bills rank on your lists? No honorable mention on either list, so interested to know. So how about just from a talent standpoint, the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, and, and I messed up. And what was that name there? I mean – I know. Uh, I know. Die Summer. Die, oh, Die Summers. Di, no, hold on. Day Summers. Days oh, Summers. She likes summer days, days. or he likes I, summer days I or whatever. I, I like D-A-I-S. days summer too. I usually just try to read these without like prepping at all for the name. And that sometimes that's what happens when I do that. Well, I messed up and should have mentioned <laughs> them, you know, in our honorable mentions. Bills, yeah. Um, without question. I mean, they were, again, one of those 10 teams I wrote down. And, you know, I, I thought about them at the number five spot in front of the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's a legitimate conversation. Like, listen, if somebody in the NFL, one of my coach friends, somebody goes, oh, I think Buffalo is a top five roster, Sims, you're wrong. I would go, yeah, I hear you. You know, hey, offensive line is a work in progress, but they got some young guys in there and some guys who I think can be really dominant. Now they just got to go do it. That's what kind of held me back there, you know. But O-line, D-line, both pretty good. D-line, real good. Linebackers, real good. Safety play, real good. And then Tredavious White, you know, and then you add Stephon Diggs to that receiving core and – uh, you know, of course, Singletary and Zach Moss in the draft. And I think uh, Duke Dawson, a tight end, has a chance to be one of the better tight ends of football. And, of course, you know I love Josh Allen. I, I legitimately think they would probably have been my – the teams that I thought about for number, number five was Dallas, yeah. the Colts, and the Buffalo Bills, and kind of the Chargers. I was kind of all in there in that mix. But really the Bills and the Colts are one that I thought about putting at five uh, more than others, you know, but ultimately went with the Cowboys. Yeah. If I was to round out my honorable mentions, those teams that you mentioned right there, we talked about Cleveland a little bit with the talent. Oh, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively and defensively Uh, Pittsburgh as well. Definitely. That's kind of, and maybe Tennessee there around 10. I think those are the teams that are in contention for that top 10. Would you, would you agree with that? I would. uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. I would, um, you know, I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else there. You know, of course, I think New England is sneaky good. Green Bay is the roster's not bad. Oh, you know, we have a question on Green Bay here. Yeah. Here's Green Bay. This is uh, the WUST, the WUST, says that Green Bay has top players at following positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, left tackle, left guard, defensive tackle, edge, times two, and cornerback. And he goes, maybe center. Uh, cornerback and safety as well. They have to be close to the top 10. What do you think? They they are. I think that's a team, you know, definitely in the, you know, in that top 10 conversation, you know, O-line. Yeah. There's some good there. I don't know if I put it in the great category. I mean, they have a great left tackle. Um, Aaron Jones. Listen, I like him. I think he's a little bit of one of those guys that I would say is overrated because we're the prisoner of the moment, Yeah, you know, Wide receiving core, yeah, listen, I think it's underwhelming. Uh, tight end, you know, I think you could say that's not the greatest either. Now, linebacker, you go to there. I would go, eh, not that great. There's an issue. Interior part of your defensive line. You know, other than Kenny Clark, they just got nobody else. And, yeah, they have Jair Alexander, who I like a lot, and two pretty good safeties. Um, but – yeah, I don't know if I can sit here and completely just say they're a top five roster. They're right in that combo of one right. of those top ten teams there. 
They do need a wide receiver. A lot of people thought they were going to get it in the draft. You threw something out there on uh, on Twitter a couple days ago, Chris. You threw a poll out there. Yeah. Was this unprompted? What What made you do this? Why did you want to throw this uh, Antonio Brown poll out there? Well, I think that it's come up so much, you know, recently with some of the things AB is, you know, going through in the yes. courtrooms, and we've heard about the Ravens and the Seahawks and these rumors and. I think I posed the question to Mike on the show, just like, hey, you know, would you want Antonio Brown on your team? Yeah. And that's kind of where it started. And, you know, we got pretty good reaction uh, through Twitter uh, on the subject. So this uh, the question that you threw out there was, if your favorite team's top wide receiver went down for the season, would you want to sign Antonio Brown? And I'll be honest with you, the, uh, the answers did surprise me a little bit because it was 58% no, 41% yes. Um, so a lot of, a lot of fans out there are over the headache and maybe they just don't feel like it would, it would work out, which I, I, I feel like is a reasonable assessment at this point. Uh, Sean likes bacon said ordinarily. Yes. But if I have to rely on a B not going out and accidentally getting COVID, no way, which is honestly, <laughs> a, I mean, that's honestly a great point. I mean, you need your guys to be buttoned up in 2020. That's a good point. It, it is. I mean, there, there's no doubt. I mean, there's already frustrations, I know, with teams and things that are going on, and they're not sure that it's going to be realistic to keep some of these young guys or, you know, some of these guys who are a little bit more of a renegade personality and keep them in check all season long to where, you know, you'll be able to trust that they didn't go to the bar or the club or do something like that. So that aspect is real. There's no doubt about that. You know, Again, I think the thing with me and Antonio Brown, it's just the risk-reward risk factor is remarkable in this one. It is. I mean, yeah, the reward could be, whoa, we got one of the two or three best receivers in football, and all of a sudden our offense is amazing. But, you know, we know the, what the risk is. We saw it last year. Patriots, Steelers, Raiders, whoever you want to talk about, there's yeah. the risks. And – you know, that's why we go to the Baltimore Ravens thing. I just wouldn't mess with them. The Ravens, come on. I don't know what their odds are in Vegas, but I would think that they're top three Super Bowl favorite to win the Super Bowl. They don't need him. It was yeah. one of the best offenses in football last year. And, yeah, I just worry about that type of scenario. Now, listen, I'll say this. The question that I posed on Twitter is a little different than just signing him off the street right now. Right. You know, yeah. I feel a little differently. Maybe if Marquise Hollywood Brown went down week nine. Right. And OK, now you don't have a guy. That is different than, oh, let's start the season with Antonio Brown on our roster, because now what we're worried about with Antonio Brown. Right. Ahmed is if he doesn't get the ball and doesn't get it a lot, what's he going to do? You know, is he going to be throwing garbage cans on the sideline and cussing people out and doing stuff like that? Well, if you lose your top receiver, you're obviously bringing him in to replace that guy, which would be meaning he would get the focus of the offense and get a lot of footballs. So it's a little different than right. maybe just signing him as one of the guys and saying, we got two good ones, but we want to add him to the mix. That, to me, is just plain old scary, and I don't know whether any other way to say it. Yeah, it's it's like these teams. It's like where are you in the pecking order? Where are you in the power rankings right now? If you're a team in the 20s to 30s, what do you have to lose? Right? You know, like the the risk is like That's... okay, if it doesn't work out, you cut him. He could he could get us into the playoffs maybe this year. Um, so that's what you got. But 
But then you have a team like the 49ers, and this question comes from uh, Junior Chow, 13. He said, do you think the 49ers receivers are good enough, or do you think that A.B. wouldn't fit well in the locker room there? So that's a team that all-star talent. You, you put them as the number two most talented roster in the NFL. Wide receiver is not necessarily the position that the 49ers are most talented in. No. A team like that wouldn't you wouldn't think want the headache, but they maybe do have some need at the wide receiver position. Well, there is maybe a little need there. I don't think they're desperate. Now, the Debo Samuel foot injury kind of, you know, makes you think a little less of them. But, you know, we kind of hit this the other day. Yeah. They got a Jalen Hurd sitting in the, the, you know, in the wake here, ready to play. Of course, we talked about their first rounder, Brandon Ayuk. Kendrick Bourne's a pretty good football player. And let's not forget George Kittle's going to command the ball a whole lot too. Now, from the San Francisco standpoint, okay, I do think, like, they have the type of team, and I think Shanahan, like a Harbaugh or a Pete Carroll, have a great way about them and communicating with players and making them feel all together and a part of something special. I do yeah. think Shanahan can handle it. But the same thing to me there, it just holds true. You, you, you know, Shanahan first off has proven that he can get receivers open. It doesn't matter how damn good they are. Sure. So they're not desperate from that standpoint. And yeah, I'd be a little worried about, again, it's, it's a Super Bowl contender. And I just would be scared of, Whoa, okay. Wait, the people are jumping on Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't have a great, you know, few weeks of playing. And some other receiver got all the stats. And George Kittle's getting off. And, you know, Kendrick Bourne got off. Got off. And now, whoa, Debo Samuel's healthy and he's starting to command the ball. You know, right. then I just worry about the same thing. Then you got Antonio Brown going crazy. And uh, I, that, that would worry me. Now, I like your thought about the teams that maybe are in the 20s and, you know, 30s. Yeah. You know. That to me, if you're gonna take a chance, I would take. I, if I was one of those teams, I would take a chance more than if I was a team where I'd go, "Damn, we're already one of the best teams. What are we trying to do here?" Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I, the Jets, like the Jets, Sam Darnold. I, you know, again, now the Jets got some issues there right now, and they've had to deal with a lot of crap. But that's the type of scenario I'm talking about, where team doesn't expect a lot. Damn, they got a kind of a good quarterback. They haven't put a lot of talent around them. You know, would you think about getting an Antonio Brown in there just to, you know, give that offense some juice? You know, that would be the scenario I would kind of look at, that kind of team. You almost wonder, if would he be open to a, a team like that, a rebuilding I team, know. a team outside of the – but at this point, he might not have any leverage at all. He might need right. to take – if he really truly wants to get back in the NFL, he might need to take any any job he can get. And that job maybe with the Detroit Lions, you never know. This one uh, is from 11 Jordan Cole. says, as a Lions fan – I'd take him now. We don't win anything as of now, so I see it's uh, all as possible upside. It's all possible upside. Also could speed up the firing process for Patricia if things go badly enough, uh, which is an interesting – which that's the way a Lions fan thinks all the time. They're always thinking, like, what's the next coach? When this one all explodes, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's quickly move on to whoever the next coach is to see if he is the, the real deal. But, I mean, the Lions are the kind of team that we're talking about here, right, in the 20 to 32 range where – like, might as well take a chance, especially if Kenny Galladay were ever to go down. You'd need someone, an explosive playmaker. No, I, I know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not void of weapons there. That would be the first thing I would say. I mean, Marvin Jones and Galladay and TJ Hawkinson and, you know, uh, on Johnson and DeAndre Swift, they've built something there a little bit, you know. And I, in theory, I understand, you know, what our buddy's asking there. But I think the point that, 
you know, he made at the end a little. It's like this is this is a big year for Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. They need just some stability, you know. Yeah. So you know, and, and listen, it's not easy here because I know Adam Gase is not on the most stable ground with my example with the Jets either, but. I think for sure we know. I mean, we know. Martha Ford came out at the end of last year and during the season and gave the vote of confidence, like, hey, I'm not going to fire him. You know, I'm going to give him another year. So this, right. this is it for them, and I, that, that's where I just wouldn't do it if I was that football team. I'd like to hear your answer on this. Mike Arch 22 said, Chris, where would AB have fallen in your top 10 wide receiver list? Now, we haven't yeah, seen him in a that, while here, but you did put Cam Newton in your top 10, and we hadn't seen Cam Newton in a while. So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have him in the top five as of right now. You know, yeah, it's, it's I, I just a year out of football um, with the talent that we see in the list of the top five, top six receivers. I think realistically, though, if he was in the league, yeah, he'd be in that top 10. You know, let's see, I had Odell at number six. You know, I, I would say that, you know, somewhere in that seven to 10 range is exactly where Antonio Brown would be. Um, you know, yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't think of who I had at number eight off the top of my head. Um, who the hell did I, I had? Cortland Sutton nine. at 10. Yeah, Diggs at nine, Sutton at 10, uh, Odell at six. Uh, I'm blanking out right now because I forgot we were going to have this question and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but somewhere in there. AJ that, Green that, at seven. Pete's oh, AJ Green at again. seven. Amari Cooper a, was at eight for you. So I think ultimately I would probably go, ooh, I would probably go, I think Antonio Brown nine and Stefan Diggs 10. That's probably what I would have done for, for this right now. Again, he's at an age where every year now it's a little's going to come off. Every year. I don't care who you are. Once you hit 32, 31 as an NFL wide receiver, yeah. you're going to start to lose some of your twitchiness and your overall physical explosion. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see him ever again in the NFL. If it was ever going to work. It seemed like last year he had millions and millions of reasons for it to work out, and he just couldn't pull it together last year. Yep. Uh, with the Raiders, but uh, that's that's your thoughts on Antonio Brown. Can we get someone else's thoughts on on that? Uh, that Who wide the hell cares well? about that guy? <laughs> His name is Mr. Phil Sims, and he has joined us uh, behind the cloak of darkness here today. Hello, Phil. Can you hear me? Ahmed, I hear you very well. I hear my big mouth son very well too. <laughs> Who cares about me? I don't know, but I know one person or company that does not care. That's the electric company. As we sit in uh. darkness. Here in the house um, for the, what day is this? Second or third day of it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It seems like forever. And yeah. uh, and, and now Dad. they're saying, yeah, maybe next Here, Tuesday our power it's, will come back on. It's going to be a long time. I'm I'm already planning for August to be powerless. I'm, I'm in your same boat there, <laughs> Phil. I, I don't, I'm not planning on getting that back anytime soon. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm done crying. Let's move on. Oh, well, no, I, I want to hear just a little more because this is, first off, I, I, I'm hoping my mom and dad might be coming to my house to sleep here maybe one of the, during the weekend here because this is where I really feel for my dad. My dad is part polar bear, and he needs the house at like 65 degrees, and I think at nighttime he puts it at like 60 degrees. So how are you doing 
and the humidity of your house now there, Big Phil? Well, okay, I'll make it quick. Um, you know, it's like growing up. Uh, you didn't need covers, nothing, just something to lay on. Uh, in, a, in the house I grew up in with my, of course, I had eight, we had eight kids, mom and dad, all of us crammed into two rooms. And um, so you, you survived. I actually thought about it. I go, okay, I have actually slept well in the heat. We had the windows open last night. Thank God it was in the 60s. So that was good. But you're right. Hey, just to give you a little fact, I'm driving along yesterday and it, it talked about health and this thing on this station I was listening to. And they say at night, you should have your thermometer set at 65 at the highest and all the way down to 60 is optimum for your body, sleeping, everything else. So there you go there. Mr. I, I'll Opposite. tell you. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. For the first time in the history of my life, and I've been alive for now like 40 years, uh, at nighttime in the wintertime, we turned it down to 61 degrees. It was actually my wife's idea. I don't know why she came up with it. We did. We went down to 61 degrees, and it was so good. I got such great sleep during the winter. And then when it became summer, I couldn't stand it. It was like my body acclimated to this low temperature that when it got to sure. like mid-70s, I started sweating profusely. And I still have that problem to this day. If you watch some podcasts uh, in the past, uh, pit, pit stains immediately, like five minutes into the podcast. I really have not acclimated back yet. Yeah, I hear you. It, once you get used to it, it's, it's, it's impossible to go the other way. But it's all good. And um, hopefully they'll get here within the next few days. They say next yeah. Tuesday, but... I, they always give you the worst case scenario. So hope it gets better. And, and uh, hey, but Antonio Brown. Yeah, said, piggyback you know, on that, Dad. Hit off it. What do you think there? Well, I think what you said is really true. Every year, it you no matter how much you train and what you do, you're going to lose a bit of speed. And we saw it now. What, what do you adapt to? Like Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, they lost tremendous amounts of speeds at the speed at the end of their careers. But they turned into different players. They used their size. They were with John Gruden, too, there for a while. That really helped them. And, you know, it wasn't so much about running by people. It was running the scheme and really being smart, knowing where to run, how to work it, how to settle down, all those things. And Rich Gannon running the show, it worked well. I don't see Antonio Brown as that type of guy. I see him strictly fast, great route runner, really get in and out of breaks, uh, as good as anybody I saw for a long time. But having time off like that, it takes a while to get back into NFL game shape. And even when he does that, he still will not be the same guy we saw before. So if you were if you were the quarterback of a team that was borderline playoffs, like you needed a few more playmakers, you're, you're borderline, you're going to be maybe a wild card team, Phil. Would you be petitioning your, your GM or your coach to give Antonio Brown a chance in light of everything that you've seen over here the past you know couple of years? Uh, you know, sad to say, I would say yes. Um, if I was probably a general manager, I'd be looking into it very hard, depending on my team, where it's at, what I think the needs are, and, and I would take a flyer on him for sure. And, you know, the thing is now, if you do take a flyer, you will get him most likely on your terms and um, – so you can deal with it. If it doesn't work, have a really short uh, time period. In other words, if something starts to go wrong, gone. See you, Antonio. It's over. Uh, don't put up with anything. He has no no room for error. Can't make any kind of error at all. So, But I would do that. 
because I just kind of believe in that sometimes. I, there's some call. Hey, Andy Reid takes flyers. He, he wins. Does. He loses. You know, you take those chances, but it's not an end all. You're just trying to add on. You're not going to lose anything. And um, I think it was going to work out for him great with the Patriots if it didn't mm. if he didn't get in trouble again. I, yeah. I really do. I think the Patriots would have found the role would have kept expanding, and um, you know they'd have been creative with him. It, 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 it would have been awesome. It would have changed the Patriots football team, but Antonio refuses to make it work. Yeah. Okay. So that, I mean, you're right. That was the perfect situation, you know, at last year in new England, because they are the type of team that knew how to feed them the ball. They didn't have another receiver that really, you know, could command the ball as far as, you know, through the scheme and Brady and everything like that. Okay. And then you mentioned those like, yeah, if I was a wild card team, a fringe playoff team, Yeah. but what if you were one of like, you know, of course, Baltimore. Like, what, what's your thought there with how they do things? You know, we just had a, a somebody on Twitter ask us about the 49ers. What if you were one of those teams already that goes, damn, I'm a Super Bowl team. Do you really want to take the chance on that? Would you still do it then, Dad? No, I would not. I think both of those teams do not need him. And the only thing, they got enough talent at that position and the football team overall. He's, I don't know if he can add to the team. He just maybe takes away from other guys. And you got guys that are growing and getting better. And right. neither team, I don't think he fits either team in many, many ways. And um, and I think we've seen if he's not, you know, he's got to be a central part of your offense. Or otherwise, he just can't handle it. But uh, I do not, if I was one of those teams, if I was a general manager of the coach, I would not entertain the thoughts of Antonio Brown. Yeah. And if there's any other coach out there, that was maybe thinking about it last year, um, the way that he was able just to dominate the conversation around the Raiders when he was there with that team. I mean, they, right. it was almost like they had no control. I don't think he made John Gruden, Mike Mayock, look very good at all in that situation. Um, and, and speaking of the, the Raiders and, and John Gruden, I mean, we were talking about uh, our most talented rosters. And you look at the Raiders, no, they're not in the top five. They're not in the top ten, but they've got some – players and they've got a quarterback in Derek Carr who's been in the league for a while and needs to take one more step. What do you think when you look at the the Raiders in, in Gruden and that overall uh, team in the direction they're going right now, Phil? Well, the big thing is, is their defense first. You know, can they get a consistent pass rush where it gives them a chance in big situations, which they seemed like they were in a lot last year. You know, they played a lot of close games or as I watched them, but they, you know, they just don't have finishers. That's one thing. And the Derek Carr conversation, watching TV over at my daughter's house yesterday, it was on everything. Derek Carr did. Oh, they got Marcus Mariota. Oh, Marcus Mariota. He's going to challenge him for the job. No, he's not. I mean, come on. What are you, blind? Uh, you know, people that say all these things. And Derek Carr, you know, showed a little, uh, what's the word? You know, he got his damn Moxie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Speak up. Because, you know, and I, I really believe this. John Gruden is doing him a disservice by always the draft. Oh, Tom Brady, we're going to look into him. We look into everything. Oh, good for you. You're the only team that does that. Nobody else looks into everything. And then yeah. the constant, oh, we might draft this guy. We're going to draft that guy. It's always a Come on, let it go. And Christopher and Ahmed, we have talked about this. But Derek Carr, tell me the weakness. I got one thought. I wish he yeah. was a little more aggressive. And I wish he would use 
his athletic ability a little more. But that's it. Good thrower, accurate as hell, throws a perfect spiral, good size, moves around. He does it all. Good decision maker. He was careful with the ball. But, you know, there is a point, you know, that sometimes you just can't worry about striking out. You got to go ahead and swing hard and and go for it. If you strike out, big deal. Wait for the next plate appearance. So that would be it. But that conversation wears me out. I am so sick of it that it's every time I see it, I actually watched it for about 10 seconds yesterday, started hearing the, you know, the overall, and what it is, the overall perception of Derek Carr is not what it should be because of all these, this talk. And of That's course, the point. TV commentators, almost all, well, you know, Derek Carr's got to do this and that. No, no, Derek Carr's doing fine. He's the least of their worries with the Las Vegas Raiders, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you hit it, you hit it spot on, Dad. I mean, that's it. You sound like you, you know, we talked about this before, but that's exactly how I feel about it too. And you, you, that's the big point. You know, the perception around Derek Carr, a lot of it has been created by the Raiders themselves. There's nobody else to blame. And then within that too, what I always challenge with Derek Carr, and I think Dad's telling you, I mean, he, he's really got top ten quarterback type talent he's just got to let it loose you know we talked about tyrod taylor a little earlier in the podcast right you know Derek carr you know we showed a stat on pft the other day for a guy with a minimum of 10 income or 10 passes a game you know or, but no no interception games he's 0 23 in his career with a minimum of 10 passes you know so that says a lot hey great completion percentage awesome yeah but we got to start making some plays to win the game, game-changing type throws and things like that. And that's where I think, you know, this year they finally put some talent around him to where I think he can show that once again, like the guy he was in 2016, to where the offense hopefully can open up. They'll be able to run the ball. But between Ruggs and Tyrell Williams and then the other two kids they drafted in the draft, I think they're talented. The kid from Kentucky and the kid from South Carolina to where I go, all right, Derek Carr's got some toys to play with this year. And hopefully, for lack of a better phrase, can show his ass and shut everybody up. And John Gruden's got the ability to, to showcase that with the offense that he could run there. With uh, Las we'll Vegas, see. You think? Yeah. We'll see. I got to see it. You know, I don't see enough designs. I watch a lot of Raider games. I'm not going to say I study Derek Carr and the Raiders every week, but I studied them a lot. And I never looked at it and went, wow, nice, nice design. Gave Derek Carr a chance for a shot down the field. Uh, somebody, you know, I, I didn't see enough of that. So, but I saw a lot of, you know, oh, little safe completions. And, you know, he has to be too perfect for him to score sometimes. It's seven-yard pass, this whatever, this a run on third down and all these things, you know, in this league, it's about a lot of things, but one thing is explosive plays and the, I don't even know where the Raiders rank. And you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to look it up. My it's low. Has, I bet. Well, I don't care. It, in my eye, as I watch them, I just don't see that. I don't see where the game is. Boom, boom, boom. Here's a chance to go for it. And, and which, you know, you, you set these things up. And there's always many opportunities in the game to look for the big play, and I didn't see it enough from the Raiders. 
Yeah, it seems like we're we're having a referendum on uh, the talents of, of Derek Carr weekly here this oh, offseason. It's brutal. I, it's, and, oh my gosh! It's you know. And, let, well, it, but, I mean, but to I'm, Dad's point, it's the Raiders. They they're yeah. the one that makes this conversation, and then they get mad when everybody talks about it. And we want I want to be like, all right, let's go back and like look at your quotes and things, and this yeah. is why it's a story. Well, well I mean, you know, it, 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 I'm sorry. Ahead, It'll Phil. be one of the go first ahead, things I do on Showtime. I don't know if I'll do it week one or two because there's so much that's going on. But Ted Peeps, one of them is Derek Carr. Oh, my gosh. You know, that, that. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. You know, okay, I got it. Okay, let's talk about Tom Brady again today. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. You know, just – but there's there's so many things out there that we just beat in the ground and turn it around. And, um, you know, there's so much to talk about in the NFL. But yeah, usually only centers around about three or four topics – for weeks, every, every time. Go so, ahead. Phil, let's, let's beat another one to the ground then uh, because we're also having a referendum on the, the quarterback play uh, of the starting quarterback in Dallas with Dak Prescott, which I feel like, you know, opposite of the Raiders, the Cowboys have been very complimentary throughout the whole process here, Phil. And they're saying we do believe he's the future of our, of our franchise. We're just trying to figure out the exact price and how much that should cost us and how much uh, he should be willing to accept, um, what do you what do you make of the situation then, then in Dallas with Dak Prescott, him playing on that the franchise tag for a year? Well, you know I, that always scares me. I, I just go, oh my gosh, you know it just can happen to anybody. We know that, but the one thing about Dak Prescott, again, we said this, he's built, he's not a linebacker, he's built bigger than a linebacker, and you know he he can just withstand punishment. I think his throwing has gotten better every single year now. You know, I know what people point to, like the Philadelphia game at the end of last year. He did not throw the ball well. It got away from him. But, you know, he plays in Dallas, perfect conditions. You go up to Philly. It was a little, I can't remember quite the weather was, but it wasn't great. Yeah, it was cool and windy. Yeah. 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 You know, a typical day. And, you know, he didn't handle it great. But I, I would say this. Of course, he's a franchise quarterback. You get rid of him. And then what do you do? You're going to trade for who? You're going to draft who? And then groom him for a team that's always trying to win now. So Jerry Jones and them, I think they know what they're doing. They were hoping to get him on a five-year contract. That didn't work out. So they pushed it down the road, and they'll go from there. They're just letting time play itself out and see and sees where it goes. But uh, I'm a big believer in Dak Prescott. Do I think he's one of the top ten throwers in the league? Absolutely not. But it's all the other things, the, the movement, the toughness, the size, uh, the leadership, which I know he has, and all those things. The players love him in Dallas because he's just one of those guys. So um, I have no qualms about him. Right. I, like, hey, wait. I, 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 yeah. I want Dad to stop right there because I just want to give a little context into this because Dad knows this, and I believe somebody – you know, and the Cowboys staff back in the day told Dad this. You know, when that last, you know, Tony Romo's last year hurts his back in the preseason, right? Dak Prescott takes over. Him and Ezekiel Elliott are rookies in the backfield. You know, I know, and Dad, you just, you, you know, you can tell the story better than me, but, you know, I think Dad, the story went down where he asked the coach about, hey, would, would you replace Dak with, with, with Tony Romo again? And I, I believe the answer dad got was like, no, there's no way. 
we would probably have a mutiny in our organization and guys would walk out of the facility because that's how much they were behind Dak Prescott. Am I, did I convey that correctly, Dad? Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to say it. Yes, I think he played so many consistent weeks of football and everything about him, you know, maybe it's just because he was young and, and he fit in with some of the other players, but the players were so behind him. And, yes, Tony Romo, he, he had a, a really terrific career and all that, and I'm sure, and I don't blame him, wanting to get back into that lineup because he saw a chance that team was going to go to the Super Bowl. And they were a little unfortunate, but Dak's presence, his play, his personality, who he is, all of it was so really off the charts during that time with that good team that there was no way they could take him out of the lineup. So if he is disgruntled after after this year and says, you know what, screw it, they didn't want to give me the the big money deal. Um, I'm going to try to take my talents elsewhere. How screwed are the the Dallas Cowboys, or do you think that there's some place to meet in the middle here still with with both player and franchise in the future? They just kicked the uh, kicked the can down the road for basically 12 months here. Yeah, that's all they did. They kicked the can down the road. He's going to be their guy. I would be really shocked if he all of a sudden has a bad year this year. I think it's going to work out. And, um, you know, again, two things. One, where are they going to find another quarterback like him out there? And the other thing is, uh, more importantly, what team is really going to go, hey, Dak Prescott, said, let's go out there and offer him a contract that's just off the chart. Because, because what teams really are in such dire need dire a dire need of a quarterback where they're willing to give up so much in money draft picks and every right. whatever it would take to get Dak Prescott so right yeah, I, I didn't hear that. all that answer I had a cut I got cut off so I had to drop out and come back in well but I'm sure it was some good stuff no it was okay you know it's like Dak is he playing out well they can still franchise him again next year right yeah 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 okay so they can yeah. do that so right. they can still kick it down the road a little if they want. But again, there's nowhere for Dak Prescott to go. Nobody's going to come to the Cowboys and go, we're going to offer you the picks and all the other things that go with it to get him to go to their team. That's just not going to happen. And um, so he's kind of stuck where he is, but I think it is going to work out. Um, so, and I hope it does. I think he's, I hate to admit this, but, man, being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, that's a pretty big deal. And um, and you got a good team around you, so you stay where you're at and hope you get through these seasons or this season where you can get the contract you really want. Yeah, and they haven't really been uh, hit. You, you say he's got a good team around him. They've got talent. Chris put him as the, uh, the fifth most talented roster in the NFL. They've had three opt-outs up to this point. Uh, Kennedy, their cornerback, was one of those three that, that opted out, so pretty much staying together as of, as of right now. And, and Phil, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts as we're seeing these opt-outs rolled in. We're going to hit the deadline here, uh, here pretty soon, but it seems like we're getting five, five or six a day. Most with the New England Patriots, they had an NFL high uh, eight. I'm just just your general thoughts on kind of what what we're seeing with the players making the decision that 2020 is not the year for them to be on the field. Yeah, well, I think everybody uh, knows what to, to judge and do what they think is right for themselves and their family. That's what we see. And of course, I think there's other players that look at it differently. One, maybe they're more susceptible to it. Some of the big guys, they know that weight, 
the size, all that could be like make them a little more. Um, what's the word for it? Um, vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, vulnerable, susceptible to the COVID nineteen. But also, I think we're seeing some players going, "Wow, this is a good time for me. I got guaranteed money in my contract. It's coming up to sit out to get better. Just give yourself." that extra time to really heal. I, I, I CJ Mosley comes to mind when I see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time. He, he probably needs more time. And, and so now he really gets to use that time to get well, they come back to the team and really serve the team what they paid him for. So we're seeing a little bit of everything and I'm really waiting for the big one. Tredavious white for the Buffalo bills. If he said he's going to decide today, when's the deadline today? What time? Four o'clock, 4 p.m. Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Now, if he decides to opt out, now that's a big deal because he is, he's not Stephon Gilmore, but he's not far behind. And they really count on him a lot in Buffalo. So he, that's the one I'm really looking for or looking out today to see if he stays or. Do we lose? Do we lose yeah. your dad? I think we lost him. We, we got to deal with it. You know, he's not. He's got no yeah, internet connection. Oh, he's oh, back. He he's, he's made it back. I was wondering too. Are you holding a pack of Tic Tacs in your hand or something? Because I hear something in the background. Are you hearing that, Ahmed? <laughs> I, I feel like you may be taking a walk or on a treadmill or doing chin What the hell is jiggling around there, Dad? What are you doing? I, I nothing. I, there's nothing here. I'm in a dark room by myself, and so I don't know what. It's probably my brain, you know, jiggling in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of cobwebs in there. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's unbelievable. I'm sitting here trying to look things over this morning, knowing I'm coming on with these guys, you guys, and no internet. I tried everything. It's, it's well, a total it mess. So I don't it's care. a to- total mess. A total mess. Um, so how, how would and, – and our, our producer, Pete, Pete Demolimilitis, uh, brought this up, is that you were part of a crazy offseason, obviously, and – uh, 1987 with the the strike year and the replacement players coming in. This is another crazy offseason for a lot of a lot of different uh, reasons. Maybe take us back to some maybe similarities that some coaches and GMs and players are feeling about this year. Obviously, they're two completely different situations, but uh, just as far as the uncertainty going into a year like we're seeing uh, in 2020 here. Yeah, I mean, there's so much uncertainty, but, you know, these coaches and the league and everything, they're so on top of everything, and they got contingency plans. Uh, they got four or five of them ready to go. And uh, it sounds like so far, just what I'm reading and whatever, I haven't really talked to anybody, but all the workouts and everything are going well, and I think teams are starting to get, you know, to get it rolling. So um, I'm very hopeful we just have a season. But, yeah, is this tough on the coaches? In the organizations and the players, yes. But it's the situation we're in. And, uh, you know, you have to deal with it. I mean, I always say this to you guys and everybody. Football is a game of adversity. If it can go wrong, it goes wrong. And, man, this is the ultimate. So, But I think the league and the players and the coaches, they're up to the task. And I, I, I think we'll get the season in. I really do. And um, I hope it goes by with – you know, with not too many people getting sick or catching the virus, I'm hoping for that too. And I think if they all, they're doing it at the facility, now the responsibility of the players, that's the big thing. When they leave, please, you know, I'm sure the coach every day, guys, please. And 
I don't know why our team's not quarantined a little more, given players, coaches, all those options to quarantine themselves when they leave the building. Yeah, I think it's slowly going to start happening now that the Saints kind of broke the uh, the ice with that conversation. The Bucks are now going to do it, you know. But the thing is to get the people on all the team to buy into it, uh, and that, that that's not easy. Dad, well, I've thrown out. I've thrown out. Well, let me say this of, to you. Let me let me yeah, just say this real yeah. quick. Yeah, you know, everybody. I know it's about family, but we're talking about months, and you know, there's you can see them on, uh, you know. On, on video and with each other, all that. And if it came down to me. I just, this is how I would think. And they said, okay, we got to quarantine you for the season. Are you in or out? You can't see your family. I say, look, I'm in. My family's going to live. We'll talk. We'll, we'll FaceTime every night and uh, everybody will do their thing. You just got to, that's how I would feel. So I know a lot of players don't feel that way, but uh, and if it comes to that, all the players are not going to, uh, join in, that's for sure. So now you know we'll, where we we'll stand in our ahead, family, Chris, Ahmed. Now you know, Ahmed. <laughs> we just, yeah, yeah. hey, screw you guys. No, but, but, and all he goes, I would have done this normally. If I knew this was an option, I would have done this every year. <laughs> well, uh, no joke. I mean, there was some years and some game stretches where every now and then you would go stay at a hotel close to the stadium or anything like that when he wanted to like have no distractions and it was getting tight and everything like that. Uh, Dad, would you be – I'm telling you, this is starting to gain a little momentum where I've talked about on the show with Florio about if your team can't play because of COVID-19, it's not like, hey, a reschedule or it doesn't count. You get a loss. Like, you get a loss. Your team didn't do the things that, you know, the, the New Orleans Saints have done. They've taken every precaution. Their team has got great veteran leadership. They're doing it all right. Why would they? Why should they be docked or not be able to play some game when they maybe they're playing some other team who's got a bunch of idiots on it who have been reckless and whatever else? Yeah. Do you think you got any merit there? Um, as you bring it up, I, I think it does. You know, um, I think if you're very careful, which everybody should be, uh, and everything like that, I think they can find a way to make this work. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, you know, Christopher, I guess if you can't build the team, which I just can't imagine there would be such an outbreak, uh, right. the way they're protecting everything, there would be, look, there are going to be weeks. We might have Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and 10 stars out. You know, the league's going to go on, you know, so that that's what I think. So you just got to deal with it and somehow try to find a way to field the team, no matter how many players, if a particular team loses more players than you know, a lot more players than the league average or whatever. You just got to fight through it and do the best you can. Yeah. Last thing, last thing, Ahmed, I don't mean to keep, I, because I'm just, now I'm curious. Cause this is like, I talk about this, like it's a huge year, you know, Hey, how it stinks to be the Kansas city chiefs. You're like in the prime of your window. You might not have a full season or maybe we'll see where it goes. You know, Tom Brady last year of his career, it might not go normal here. You know, these are le- this is a legacy-changing moment. I, you know, I think of, yeah. you know, like we've talked about LeBron James, maybe on one of the best teams ever, and it got all disrupted with the Lakers. Do you ever think, Dad, about, you know, 1987? You came off the Super Bowl win. You still had this great team. You know, your scabs came in, and you guys had the shittiest scabs around, and you lost every game. And it kind of <laughs> hurt you guys to where you couldn't get into the – 
the playoff conversation. Do you ever wonder about that year still? Uh, yeah, I think about it all the time, especially during this time. And, you know, I think what really coming off the Super Bowl year, we had a few players that were older that, you know, that there was concern about. But the big thing was it, it, it hung over everybody's head all during training camp. And training camp just had a really different feel to it. It just wasn't like we were into it knowing we were going because I think we knew there was going to be a strike after week two. And it that's and I remember it, it, it the enthusiasm, the everything, just doing your job, enjoying it, the camaraderie, all that. It definitely was not the same because we knew the strike was coming. And it, it really just ruined the season. It really did. And I forgot how many weeks it lasted, quite, quite a few. The, uh, yes, our strike team was absolutely awful. And Bill Parcells, I, I, what I've always heard, when they went out to practice, he would go over and sit on the bench and then wouldn't do anything. When practice was over, he would mm. get up and walk back in. And he would, wouldn't have anything to do with any of this, the players or nothing. And no, there's uh, no question we lost all those games uh, quite easily. Yeah. Pete is chiming oh. in here. He's saying uh, it lasted three games, Phil. And he yes. says the LT crossed the picket line for the third game. The third yes. game. So he was a member of that that game. Do you remember the fall uh, fallout from that? I do. Well, there was no fall. There was no fallout from Lawrence crossing over with our team. Really, guys were mad, but you know we had quite a, we had a few players cross over, and mm -hmm. when Lawrence went in for that game, it was in Buffalo. Of course, he played linebacker. But I think they played him at tight end some. They were designing pass plays for him because nice. they went, okay, we're, we're in trouble here. Let's try to win one of these games. And it was a close game, but we found a way to lose it. So, But, yeah, I, I forgot how many guys we had to cross the line. But when it was over, I don't remember anybody having hard feelings towards anybody else. I didn't. I don't remember even hearing bad words. Uh, really? Quietly. So, yeah. Uh, I think when it was over, we were just relieved. Let's get back and finish the season and see what happens. Do you remember, Phil, who the starting quarterback was that Monday night football game against San Francisco? Who took your job? Do you remember his name? Uh, we had, well, I, I forgot we had a Monday night game against San Francisco. Well, Jeff Rutledge went in, but I, was he the quarterback? Mm -mm. No, he was uh, – Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Perez? No. No, nope. oh for two. <laughs> From you Canada, know Christopher? No, I have no idea. I can't even. I can't think of. I didn't care. You know, I don't Wait. know. I can't think of it. Oh uh, shoot! I know it's going to be somebody that we know. Um, well, From I, I, Connecticut. From Connecticut. From Waterbury. Went to Penn. Played football at Penn. Give it. Yep. Who is it? His no name help. was. G Jim Crochikia. Jim Crochikia. Oh. Yeah. The famous Jim Crochikia. He was yeah. uh, in that game. Here, here's his stat line. He was six for 15 for a 40% completion percentage, 89 yards, but he did throw a touchdown uh, in the loss. I think it was like a 20 point loss to the 49ers. So, it, and he got yeah. pulled in the second half too. So, his, his, oh, okay. uh, his reign with the Giants, he was, and, and I was reading a story on it too. He was cut the next day. So, not surprising that you couldn't remember <laughs> his name here. <laughs> uh, well, that stat line sounded like one of mine. So, I wasn't sure who you were talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, that's yeah. That's yeah. Uh, All right, Dad, you the man. 
Oh, All wait, right, one guys. more. Wait, well, hold on. Do you want? Do you want to? Yeah. Uh, you you had a talk with Mike today about uh, arm strength, quarterbacks with arm strength. Don't you want to talk about that? I Bill, do. don't go yet. I, Dad, go I said this is because this is. I uh, you know, I think it's a good conversation. You know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they kind of go oh, yeah. back and forth about who can throw it farther. All of that. You know, you know what what constitutes the strongest arm, like. I think Dad would agree with me. I'm going to take Mahomes in the long-distance throw. I mean, I've seen video of Mahomes throwing the ball 82 yards. I've seen it. You know, I know Josh Allen could probably get it really close to 80. I don't doubt that. But now where I'll say, okay, Mahomes wins the long-distance throw, you know, I don't think Mahomes is going to beat him in, you know, if you have to throw a 20-yard out route, miles mile per hour-wise, who could throw it harder? I think Josh Allen will beat Patrick Mahomes in that type of arm strength. Agreed, Dad? Uh, uh, as far as miles per hour throwing the football, I definitely believe and, and I'm pretty confident that Josh Allen can throw it harder in uh, miles per hour than Patrick Mahomes. I forgot what Josh Allen threw at the combine, but it was staggering how hard he threw the ball when they measured it. So – I can see Ahmed's looking it up probably right now at the combine. <laughs> who threw it bat harder? And I, I think that uh, Josh Allen can throw it farther than Patrick Mahomes too. Do you really? I think, yes, I do. I think when he gets it, hey, look, I've seen him throw it eighty yards too. I know he did. He did it pretty easy. So um, I think if he gets it loaded up, catches it right, yeah, he's going to throw it over eighty. I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes can throw it over eighty yards right now no it'll be it'd be close but i if i had to bet on it i wouldn't bet a lot of money because i'm not that sure but i would say josh allen in those two categories will win both by a narrow margin over patrick mahomes Wow. Go ahead, Ahmed. You got, you so got the answer. I was, what I was looking up was, uh, we, well, we have a new entrant, perhaps, in uh, Justin Herbert. What, what did he do? Didn't he do something crazy, like from his knees through at 70 yards? I don't know if he's trying to get his Yeah, name I see all those videos. I don't care. But I don't see Justin Herbert's arm in the same world as I do Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen when it comes to power. It's good. Mahomes. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, I think what makes, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen are special because – they can still throw the ball hard and far even when they're in awkward positions. And I think yeah. especially Mahomes, that's what makes Mahomes' arm really special. It's not that it just like, oh, my gosh, it's a freaking laser beam like a Brett Favre, John Elway, Aaron Rodgers type throw. It's, uh, oh, wait, he has two feet off the ground and he just threw the ball on a 20-yard out route and he still can throw it with pretty good speed and pace and accuracy. That's where he is like mind-boggling. Whoa, he's jumping and he threw a ball 50 yards down the field. That's where I think he's really special. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if he can simply just throw a laser beam the same way a Favre, Elway, a Josh Allen quite can. Well, let me. I'll give this a real quick answer. Mahomes never, probably in a game, only turns it on about three or four times. He's yeah. a very controlled thrower. Throws it, you know, a very catchable ball. Uh, in other words, never tries to overpower unless he has to. Because, he, you know, a lot of times, you see, he doesn't throw great spirals a lot of times because he's just getting the ball there with with arm accuracy. He's using his, you know, he's not trying to rip it. He's just trying to make sure it's right on target. But then all right. of a sudden, you just see one, and you go, oh, wow, okay, he knew he had to turn the speed on. He did it. 
then he throws a perfect spiral when he does those type of throws. So, yeah. But jumping in the air, see, what makes him different, he's probably been doing this his whole life, which we talked about. And, and again, and Christopher knows, it's, it's going to become the way you got to play. And when you, these kids growing up, they're imitating all this. It's just, they're coming. And it's just, it's yeah. going to be an onslaught of quarterbacks every year coming to the NFL. And, and we talked about this, but it's, I just think it, you're not secure. You've got a three year window, maybe four, to really to solidify that you're the guy. And you got to be on the right team and all that. Just look at all the guys Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, you know, high picks that just, you know, have to switch teams, didn't catch it right. Let's move on to the next guy. So there's so many good quarterbacks that your time period to establish yourself is shorter than ever before. Is yeah. there anyone close to those two, though, in the conversation or who could enter themselves into the conversation as far as arm strength, miles per hour, or distance? Well, well, I, think, Rob, I think Deshaun Watson is one that can probably throw it the distance farther. He never really ever – just overpowers the ball, but he just seems to be that guy that if he wants to loft it, he really gets behind it and throws it. I think he throws one of the greatest looking deep balls in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree there. I mean, his his he can launch it. I don't know if he can, you know, drive it like we're talking about. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it, it's yeah. going downhill. But, you know, of course, if we were talking about this Aaron Rodgers five years ago, I'd go, oh, Okay, yeah, I don't know if he could throw it quite as far as, you know, Mahomes or Josh Allen, but I think he could throw the 20-yard out route every bit as hard as them or harder. You know, that's where Rodgers, to me, is is special that way. He's got a laser, uh, and, and I would say he'd probably be in that convo too, you know, but not quite with them at this point of his career. Yeah. Aaron Watch Rogers, Kyler Murray. Yeah, no, he, he, he's got a really good arm. But, you know, leverage and height and all those things are going to yeah. keep him from throwing at 80 yards and throwing with the same power the other guys. They just have their bigger, longer arms, all that stuff, everything that really helps them. Uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Rodgers. What were you going to say about yeah, Rodgers? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, he's a touch passer. I mean, my God, he likes to fall back and throw it because it gives great touch. And then you only see him do the same thing in Mahomes. You only see him really turn it on about three or four yeah. passes a game. And uh, right. he's, he's just turned in, and he's a guy that throws it with touch with the most spin on the ball that I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he's, you're right. Yeah. Listen, I watched his highlights yesterday. I don't know why I was watching him doing stuff with Green Bay, and I, you know, put on 20 plays of Aaron Rodgers. And I just laughed. I go, hell, he threw half of them from his hip. Uh, the other half, he was falling sideways backwards you know he never gets set to really do it but a couple times he had to and he did of course right on target in a tight space right into the chest of receiver so he's still accurate he still has it all i'm not gonna get into the aaron Rodgers. oh my god that's another one uh conversation how many years does he have in green bay you know so hey Do I, hey, Matt, I this last thing. Matt Stafford sure? deserves an honorable mention, too. Oh, yeah. oh, Matt Stafford, yes, big-time arm. Never will get the credit he deserves for the quarterback he is because they haven't won or gone to the playoffs and done what everybody judge quarterbacks on. But Matt Stafford, 
arm-wise, one of the most talented guys we've ever seen throw the ball. Yeah, if you're a quarterback for the Lions, you you shouldn't have you shouldn't be judged on the same you know same wins and playoff wins. It just it shouldn't apply. You know, it's just like yeah, just look well, at his game. Look at his game. You know, don't worry about the wins, and that shouldn't apply to a Lions quarterback. Hey, I've seen him in person many times at Thanksgiving Day games. Watch him in practice and all that. And I I mean this. I've never seen him throw a ball. It wasn't a perfect spiral, and yeah. he can drop it and throw it from every angle. And he's so much more mobile than people give him credit for. But he's just one of those guys because of that. He's got a – you bring his name up on uh, any of the shows, ESPN, anybody, all the morning shows, maybe – well, not you, Christopher, but everybody else. Oh, well, let's not talk about Matt Stafford. Who's he? Who cares? He can't win. Yeah. And that's that's the end of his uh, story when they talk about him. It's, it's crazy. I hope he stays healthy. Has a – See what happens to that football team. I don't think they're great, but he's good enough to make them better than everybody thinks. And if they can get to eight and eight or nine and seven, I think that will save everybody's job in Detroit. Hey, I'm all about it. Eight and eight. It's a great year in Detroit. We're loving that. Yeah, we're celebrating. We're having par- we're having parades for that. All right, Phil. Well, all right. We'll let you go. Appreciate the insights as always. Yeah, I just I think I lost five pounds because my shirt is soaking wet from sitting here in this hot ass room. So that's <laughs> See you, Dad. I'm with you, man. Hey, I I'm, know. I'm with you. Hey, I'm I'm in. Sorry. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get it back. We'll get it back in September. We'll be we'll be right, we'll bud. be chilling in September. All right, All right Dad. See you, man. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. See, if we if we would have well, had the camera you know, on him, if we would have had the camera on him, we could have seen if he was having some issues with the pet stains. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good so far here. I think it's good you, circulation here in the uh, Central Park. You're full of shit. I already saw a sweat stain there, so you can blame it on your house all you want. Okay, we know we know the house isn't the problem. We, that's the, we figured that out today. We're on the case, and you've been proven wrong. And I think that was just some interference that was going on with uh, your dad's phone. He, I, I don't know what was going on with it, but you were right. It did sound like Tic Tacs were in his pocket, 
And then when he tried to just calm us down by saying it was only him in a dark room all by himself, that did not make me feel any more comfortable. I was like, wait a second, what's going on? I hear it right here? now. Like, I'm Oh, you do? Right, which is making me think, Are you? is your mic hitting something? It's me this whole time. I don't think so. It, everything's oh. just all haywire right now. Is it hitting something? I think it was might it my, be. I think it's it was, hitting your shirt, and I think maybe it's you the whole time. God dang it. It was, it was me. I've been exposed. <laughs> Well, this is this is crappy. All right, well, we got one more thing here, and I'll try to keep it away from my uh, from my shirt so that doesn't happen. I do want to give a shout out to another podcast that's out there, um, uh, the Roto World Podcast. Josh Norris and crew, man, they have been doing so many videos. You can see them on our YouTube channel. It seems like they do one a day on all different topics, and we're getting into draft season here, Chris. And so, if your friends are not going to call you, and if they're going to get proper information, all they got to do is listen to the Roto World Podcast with our friend Josh. Please do it. I mean, all Chris Sims friends, you know, listen to the Roto World <laughs> podcast and don't bother me on a Sunday morning. Uh, but yeah, we, we got to get Josh on here, you know, yeah. soon again, just to discuss, you know, the fantasy world, who's hot, who's not, you know, and of course, uh, they're all over it. They really are. And, and they give great nuance too. you know, I, I, I'll say, you know, I, I pride myself on knowing everything in football and you know, we get on with, with Josh. I always kind of learn something or he brings an angle to the conversation where I go, oh, I never really thought about that. That makes sense or whatever else. So uh, hopefully we'll get him on here soon. They have a 20-round live draft in their latest pod. So uh, so check that out, Josh Norris, the Roto World Football Podcast. One more thing before we go here, Chris, and I'm holding my microphone just so I don't do that. I can't believe that was me this whole it time. It was you. And I blamed, I blamed the great Phil Sims for that. Um, uh, Washington, the Washington football team, they got a new helmet. They just revealed. I'm looking at it right now on my laptop. It has, and it's something that we talked about, Chris, when we were talking about helmets and a team should embrace putting numbers on their helmets. We didn't think necessarily as the main part of the helmet logo, but that's exactly what the Washington football team has done. The one that they put out there on Twitter has a big old number 20 on the side of it. And I'll tell you what, I like Washington's colors overall. I think that's a great yes. color scheme. And so anything they do with a helmet, throwing numbers on it, I do think that's a pretty cool looking helmet. What do you I think? agree. I agree. Uh, I, I, I love the color scheme. It's one of my favorite uniforms in football. You know, I did like the old helmet too, certainly, but you know, it was time to move on. It was time to change. It's insensitive. It was wrong. So I'm all for this. And, yeah, this is cool. I mean, it really is. First off, big, big yellow numbers with that maroon helmet and then the yeah. yellow face mask. It matches well. Numbers are bigger than you normally see on a – Huge. You know, a, a, yeah, they're huge, right? It's a lot bigger than the Alabama ones or even the yeah. ones that the Chargers are going to have this year, you know, right below their lightning bolt and all that. So, uh, I, I, I am uh, – listen – the more time that goes by, I think I'm fine with everything. Do they need a nickname? I'm cool with the Washington football team. I, I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. It does. It kind of. It's like the FC. It's like the soccer right. clubs, right? That's, That's like what I mean. Club. Like, does Real Madrid? Do they have a nickname? I mean, if they do, I've never known it. Yeah. You know, know. Barcelona. Yeah. I know Manchester United. They go the Reds. I knew that, but. Nobody, right. I never hear anybody call them that. It's like Man U or Man yeah. City. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of like old school. 
a little bit in some ways. And uh, I wouldn't be mad if they just kept themselves as the Washington football team. I kind of like that. I kind of like that too. And their old helmet, I, when we did the top five helmets, it was a bit controversial, but I did put their old helmet as number four in my Ooh. top five. So I like their old helmet. And I do think there's, you know, there's an interesting discussion to be had about the helmet and the logo. Um, because I do think that the logo, I mean, that dude was badass on there. I mean, that guy, I know. Was, that guy was tough and, and, and strong. And I was reading some story, Chris, and I kind of found this interesting. Um, that that logo was designed by a Native American, Walter Wetzel. Right. Uh, it depicted a member of the Blackfeet tribe. It was John Two Guns White Calf was a Blackfeet chief uh, back in the day. Some people say his likeness is always the one, also the one on the buffalo nickel. Um, but basically, the person who designed it, Wetzel, his, his son was quoted as saying, everyone understood the name change, and we were all on board with that. But once they weren't going to use the logo, it was hard. It takes away from the Native Americans. I always felt like it was representing my people. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting you know, perspective to put on the whole thing. It's like the name, 100%, for the same reasons that you've said before and that your dad has said is like, would I ever use that word to reference a Native American? No, I would not in a million years. And so, of course, the name's got to go. But, you know, I am a little sad and I guess it all had to go, you know, if one of, if the nickname goes like, what are you going to do? Keep the logo as well. But part of me is sad because I think that logo was badass, And I think you could look at it as honoring uh, native Americans. Just my two cents. I, yeah, I agree with it. I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. You know, I mean, Hey, I'll even go as far to say like, why, if we can't, can we find another name that honors, you know, Native Americans and then still keep the logo? I mean, is it against yeah. the law? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. And I always looked at it as kind of like, whoa, this is cool, this logo. Look at this. Wow, look at this great Native American that, you know, obviously, you know, had impact on people's lives right. or whatever else. But yeah, I, I would be all in favor if they brought the symbol back but find a better name to go with it. That's more, you know, uh, endearing and nicer right. and, and just, you know, means more in a positive way to the native Americans. And, and I'd be cool with that. I'd be fine. Yeah. And the, the problem becomes when the, when the mascots become kind of cartoonish, right. And stereotypical and, and that's right. where you, you run into a problem. But I think there's, there's room for a, a little nuance in that, but the, the helmet has changed. I still like the, uh, this color scheme, but I don't think so. You lost, they're Two out of your five. last five, top five. Yeah, the Rams. Helmets. The Rams yeah. are – I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board here. I was hoping that would be permanent. I was like, I hope – see, you you, you did it smart because you pick all the classic helmets that will never change, so you never have to change your top five. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky. I almost picked the Redskins in my top five helmets, and I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Good. now Washington. I got to stop saying that word, too. You can see yeah. it slips out of my mouth every now and then just because it's years and years and – of NFC's football growing up here with the Giants in the Northeast that I it's still stuck in there. Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers. We have no chance this year. You have no chance, no chance. when you're doing football None. night in America. It's just like, well, I'm excuse me, uh, formerly, yeah, no chance. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. So yep. I think that's it. Chris, we still went over an hour. Even with all the technical difficulties, my crappy microphone, me in a giant room here, we still went over an hour. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, it was great to see you in that giant room. We got to see <laughs> the NBC company 
employees behind you all wearing masks at times and doing proper things that way. Oh, I didn't so that think was of cool that. To see. Yeah, if we they're got not some people, right? We, we could have ratted some people out. We yeah, we were like, <laughs> get them out of here. I don't want them in the building anymore. Uh, That's the real reason too. I'm here. That's why I'm here. They go, Ahmed, we need you to, you know, covertly video sure, some people sure. in the building just to see if they're all following the room, the, the, yep. the rules here. But no, you are the man. And uh, it was it was a good podcast. And we're, we're not even I don't know if we're capable of doing one under an hour. I, if we came up with two subjects, I think we'd still I don't go want an to hour. anymore. If we do one under an hour anymore, I'm just like, we didn't, the point we didn't try harder. Yeah, we didn't try right. hard enough. Like we need to try yeah. harder. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm with you. And like, good luck with your house and lack of power this week, man. <laughs> I hope you could uh, make it through the weekend. I mean, it's no coincidence that you know Greenwich is like some of the richest people in the Northeast. It's like, oh wow, power is back within like minutes. There, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I I know it's crazy in my house of all that's like almost 300 years old. I can't believe that we made it. I was we had a lot of close calls, uh, but but yeah. fortunately we're we're okay. The um, National Guard. Man, cool. You back Monday? I'm back Monday. Yeah, I'll probably be right back here again. But yep, back Monday. I'll have a different setup to try to not have clicking noises that uh, that affect Phil. He's going yeah, back well, thinking they, that he was the he was the problem. I, know, I feel bad about your that. AirPods now without wires. This <laughs> new know, invention in 2020 is all. That's true. Good. That's yeah. true. All right, that's it for Chris Sims Unbutton Podcast. We'll be back next week, Monday and Thursday. I got no clue what we're going to talk about on Monday yet. We'll see. I don't know. We haven't figured out that plan. We'll have Big Phil back in the fold on Thursday. But for Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid, that is it for the Chris Sims Unbutton Podcast. Everybody be safe out there. Have a good weekend. And Ahmed, clap it up, baby. We can actually do it here. Clap it up, baby. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.